I'm going to ask Pastors Joe and Becky to come and just share about their ministry and all that God's doing in their lives. Well, first of all, it's an honor to be here, Pastor Zach, you guys, and uh, Pastor Heather and all the team. It's always a joy, and it's been quite a while since we were here and had that crazy thing that happened in our country, and uh, God has just been so faithful. Has He been faithful to you? Just to let you guys know, Pastor Becky and I have entered into our 50th year of ministry, our Jubilee year. We began 1st of September, our Jubilee year. And uh, last year, the Lord gave us a promise. He said, you're going to, he said, you know me as, as your Jehovah Jireh, your provider. But he said, I want you to know, know me as your El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. And even through COVID, our school has grown. Uh, back in 1999, the Lord spoke to us and he said, I want a Juilliard for Christian music. And which uh, at that time, there were Bible colleges out there. Uh, we know Rama and Christ for the Nations and many different schools uh, out there, training centers. But most of them are Bible colleges that have like a one-year music track. But the Lord told us, he said, I want you to, to give me a, a Juilliard, raise up worship leaders. And with that, we were going to have a two-year Bible track. This coming August, we're going to expand that and move to a bachelor's program in theology so you can get a full four-year degree. And then we'll move on from that to a master's and then to a doctoral program. But our, our focus is our family is known for worship. And for the last 50 years, it began with my mom and my dad. My dad went home to be with Jesus in 2020, not because of COVID but because he said, I finished my race, my course, and I'm ready to go home at the age of 90. And mom is 87, doing wonderful, and they're in Houston with us. But uh, our heart has been to raise up worshipers. And uh, the first place we began was in our home. And so we have three children, and all three of our kids are uh, creative arts pastors in their uh, own local churches ministering there helped us establish the school for the first 10 years and then they stepped out doing what God had called them to do uh, all of my siblings are in full-time ministry have a brother and three sisters all of their children that are old enough are in ministry there's not one of the 50 some odd of our family not one is wayward not one not because of us, but because of the goodness of God. Amen. And because in our home, we made a decision. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we have lived that life in our home. And then God has raised up our children. And now they are doing the same with their children. We began our school. And the school that we have is only one-third of our ministry. We also uh, travel. And we also uh, do conferences and and joy fest like we're doing with you here tonight or today this weekend and becky and i when we come uh, we don't really put a lot of pressure on people when it comes to finances because god is our source but we do let people know that the reason we're here is not because of your offering Come on. now we'll say this that your church has been very gracious to get us here they bought our ticket which is very unusual by the way most of the time we pay our own way to get somewhere and we take care of our lodging and different things like that. But we partnered with your church here today and they have been so gracious to get us here and, and take care of us. 
But we're going to give you an opportunity to sow into the lives of young men and women and the future worship leaders in our country. The ones that lead people into the presence of the Lord. And not only that, but we will leave here in the next uh, 10 to 12 days. And we will head to uh, South Africa, Zambia. We'll be ministering there. And so today as you sow your seed, not only are you helping us with our school, but you're also helping us with our, our missions, endeavors, and things. Because we have students all over the world that are part of our school. And uh, we'll have uh, some of our students are there in Zambia, uh, there at Overland Missions. We have students from South Africa, students from Brazil, from the United States, from Australia, from Fiji, from uh, 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 Thailand, from the Philippines, uh, we, from China. We have a young lady who is a part of our school from China. And we keep our tuition at a place to where it, they can afford it. And so, matter of fact, for you to come and take one course at our school is less than what it will cost you to go and take one lesson down here at Guitar Center. And so we keep it in such a way that it's a blessing. But people like you help us do that. And so today when you sow, don't just think about taking care of our salary because God has been very gracious to us. But you will empower us to raise up that next generation. You will empower us to go to another nation and, and, and impart into that nation and speak into that life. Amen. And so it's such an honor to be here with you today. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Zach here as he comes and, and you guys. So just be, uh, just whatever the Lord says, do, do that. Can you, can you do that today? Just whatever the Lord asks you to do, be faithful to do that. And every need that we have will be met in Jesus' name. We love you very much. Amen. Let's be a blessing this morning. Galatians tells us to do good to all, especially those of the household of faith. So let's do good this morning. I want them to be able to leave and say, Celebration has been good to us. God's been good, but He's done it through the people of Celebration Church. So can you join with me this morning as we sow and we give into this weekend and, and their ministry and all that God is doing? I'm going to pray for you as we give. Our ushers are going to come forward. Again, if you want to give online, you, that's ccacron.org slash give. You can text to give. Just mark it guest speaker. Hallelujah. If you're making out a check, just make it out to celebration. We'll give them one check before they leave. Hallelujah. 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 If you don't have anything to give, ask your neighbor. Say, can I borrow a couple bucks? I want to... I want to sow into the offering. I need you to help me give. Don't put the money in your pocket. Put it in the offering plate. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we worship you today. We thank you for the cruises. We thank you, Lord, for their ministry as they go around the world imparting a heart of worship, an anointing for worship, an anointing and a hunger for your presence. Lord, we pray for your blessing, your anointing to increase. May their latter be greater than their former. May the latter years be overflowing, Lord, and abundant. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we rejoice with them. We thank you for the opportunity to be a blessing to them. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you as you give today. Thank you, Father. Can I get... Uh our wonderful sound man to turn the lights up so I can see the people.
Hallelujah. I like to see the whites of your eyes. That way, if I need to come down there and love on you a little bit, I can. I'm going to do a couple of songs. I'm just going to sing over you this morning. Is that all right? I may not have you stand here just for a minute, let you go ahead and sow, give your offerings this morning, and then we'll see what the Lord does here in just a minute. But let me sing over you today. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Changest not thy compassions, they fail not as thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Sing it with me. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have need and thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. I love this verse. I've been pardoned from sin. There's a peace that endureth Thine own dear presence To cheer and to guide Strength for today And a bright hope for Blessings all mine with ten thousand besides. Great is thy faithfulness. Sing a church. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning. New mercies I see All I have needed Thy hand hath provided Great is thy faithfulness Great is thy faithfulness Great is thy faithfulness, 
Lord and to Hallelujah. Can y'all stand with me? I gave you enough rest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I like this one. He's the name above all names. Worthy of all praise. My heart will sing. How great, you know that, is our God. Come on, sing it with me. He's the name. He's the name above all names. He's worthy. He's worthy of all praise. My heart will sing how great is our God. Come on, let's sing that part again. He's the name. He's the name above all names. Worthy of all praise. My heart will see how great is our God. One more time. He's the name. He's the name above all names. Worthy of all praise. My heart will sing how great is our God. There sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Sing it again. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to How great thou art, how great thou art, in sings my soul, my Savior God. 
to Thee. How great Thou art! How great Thou art! How great is our Sing with me how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Come on, let's sing that one more time. How great, how great. Let me hear you. Sing with me how great is our God And all will see how great How great is our God He's the name above all names He's worthy Worthy of all praise My heart will see How great is our God We love you, Lord Jesus I want you just to lift your voices this morning Give Him thanks in the house of the Lord today Come on, our praise has a voice can you give him thanks today? Come on, sing a new song. Hallelujah. Lord, we bring our hallelujahs to you today. Our, our praises, our adoration, our glory, our halils. We worship you, Lord. None like you, Jesus. Holy are you, Lord of hosts. Holy are you, Lord of all. Blessed be your name. Come on, let the Lord love on you today. Blessed be your name. Lord, we enter in with thanksgiving. We bless you, Lord of hosts. We bless you, Lord of hosts. No one like you, Jesus. No one like you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Worthy, 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 worthy. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Oh, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Same in every language. Hallelujah. Ah. Uh -huh. 
sing that to him today. You're my Lord. 
You have risen from the dead. You have risen from the dead. And you're my Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Would everyone just stand just for a moment? Cross the room. Just stand your feet. I'd like for every head to be bowed and every eye to be closed. This morning, before I share the word, I want to give an invitation today because I know this house and I know that you're very invitational. So I, by faith, believe that there are people here today that if you were to breathe your last breath and you go out into eternity, you cannot say that Jesus is your Lord, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. If you were to go into eternity today, you cannot tell me for sure that heaven is your home. And the Bible says that we can know the Bible says it's appointed unto man wants to die, and after that there's judgment. But the Bible also says that if we will humble ourselves and call upon the name of the Lord, that we shall be saved, that we will be born again, that heaven would be your home. And you would spend eternity there with him. You know, a lot of preachers talk about hell and it's a real place. The worst thing about hell is not the fire and the brimstone and the blackness. The worst thing about hell is the absence of the presence of God. That you would live eternity without the presence of love of any kind. Hell was created for those that would reject Satan and his angels that followed him when he was cast out of heaven and those that would reject the love of Christ. So this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. He loves you very, very much. And he wants the best for you. Maybe you're here today and you've lived your life on your own trying to make it the best you knew how and it hasn't ended very well. But I'm telling you, you can put your life in the hand of the one who made you. And he, he will give you life and life more abundantly. And so this morning, if you're here today and you'd say, Brother Joe, I've never in my life prayed that prayer and asked Jesus into my life. But today, I want you to pray for me. Would you do that, that I could receive Christ as my Savior, make him the Lord of my life, and heaven would be my home. If that's you this morning, would you raise your hand and say, Preacher, would you pray for me? Would you include me today in that prayer? Thank you. Anyone else? Just lift your hand and say, would you pray for me? Anyone? Anyone else besides this one here? 
Just say, Pastor, include me. Anyone? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I didn't see you all the way back there. You can put them down. Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, Brother Joe, I'm just not sure. Just because you live in America, just because you're standing in a church, doesn't make you a Christian. Believe it or not, America, even though we have in God we trust on our money, not all of America trusts God. Come on, somebody. Our nation is where it is today because we do not trust God. We've depended upon a lot of things to take His place. Maybe you're here today and you say, I'm just not sure. I minister in a lot of, of nations where Catholicism is, is a big deal. And so when you ask somebody, even in America, if they're born again, they say, well, I was baptized when I was a baby. And I go, well, you weren't baptized, you were blessed. They call it baptism, but baptism, you saw baptism this morning. Whenever you get in that water, and as you're baptized, you're saying, I bury my old life. And today I choose to come out of this water to walk in the newness of Christ. And I'm going to leave those old ways behind, and I'm going to follow Christ. That's what baptism is all about. And so today, maybe you're hearing you say, Brother Joe, I'm just not sure. But today I want to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that my eternity is in the hands of God. If you cannot say that for sure, I want you to lift your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to make sure today that Jesus is Lord of my life. Just raise your hand and say, that's me. That's me. Anyone else? You see, here's the thing. You want to answer for your own life. Mom and dad can't answer for you. Once you come to that age to where you know right from wrong, then you have to give an account for your own life. Maybe you're here this morning and you're a believer and you'd say, there was a time when I walked with God. But some things have happened. Maybe there was a divorce. Maybe there was a, a, a failed business. Maybe there was a tragedy that happened and you blame God for it. I don't know. But for whatever reason, you walked away from your first love. Today's your day to come home. Today is your day to come back to your first love. Maybe you're struggling with an addictive habit and you can't let go of it. Jesus will empower you to let go of it and live a victorious life. You've tried it on your own. You've lived your life your way. I'm just going to ask you this morning to let God have his way in your life and see how it is to live a life of abundance and freedom and victory in him. But you'd say this morning, Brother Joe, I'm just not sure. Or you'd say this morning, Brother Joe, I walked with God at some time, but today I want to come back to my first love. If that's you, just lift your hand. Say, pray for me, Pastor Joe. I want to come back. Thank you, ma'am. Anyone else? Anyone else? I want to come back to my first love. I want everyone to look at me here, if you will. Maybe you didn't lift your hand for one of those three invitations, but you would say, Brother Joe, would you include me? in those prayers if that's you just lift your hand and say would you pray for me include me today include me I didn't raise my hand for one of the other invitations but would you include me thank you thank you anyone else thank you anyone else thank you thank you if you lifted your hand for one of those invitations I'm going to invite you to come and stand here with me this morning because I would like to pray with you I'd like to pray that prayer 
to give your life to Jesus, I'd love to pray that prayer with you for your assurance. I would love to pray with you for you to come back to your first love and make Jesus the Lord of your life. I'd love to pray for you for those needs that you lifted your hands for that you say you would like to have prayer. So would you step out from where you're standing and let's just gather right here at the front of the auditorium. Would you do that for me? Just come and stand right here. Come and stand right here. Let's just gather real close. Thank you. Stand right here. I'm going to step up here where I can see everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Let's come in here close. Come in here close. Come in here close. Thank you. Now here's what I'd like for you to do. Those of you that are standing there, I want you to become an evangelist. Would you do that for me today? I want you to turn to the person on either side of you. And I want you to ask them, if you were to go out into eternity, do you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that Jesus is your Lord? If they cannot say yes, then say, come on, I'll go with you. Yeah, say, come on, I'll go with you. And invite them to come to pray that, that prayer. Would you do that? Don't just look at me. Turn to them and say what I ask you to say. If you're to go out into eternity, do you know that Jesus is your Lord? If they cannot say yes, then say, come on, I'll go with you. Come on, I'll go with you. I'm not trying to embarrass you, but eternity is a real thing. Eternity is real. And I don't want you to miss your opportunity to meet Jesus as your Lord. So I'm going to wait just a moment because I know the power of God is in this room and He's speaking to lives. He's speaking to hearts and lives. Don't miss your day of opportunity. Don't miss your opportunity to make things right with God. I can stand before the Lord and say, Lord, I did my part. Lord, I did my part. I gave people an opportunity to publicly declare you are Lord of their life. Do your part to say yes. When Jesus hung on the cross, his arms were outstretched to include every person. Even the thief that's on that cross that looked to him and said, Lord, remember me. He didn't have time to do good things. He didn't have time to do good deeds. He was hanging on a cross fixing to die. But Jesus turned to him with compassion and he said, today, you will be with me in paradise. That's the love of our Savior. That's the love of our Savior. God's doing something in your family. You're leading the way. You just be faithful and you watch what God does. You're not going to have to do anything special. You just be faithful to what God says and you watch what God does in your family. It'll spread like wildfire. You watch. You watch. You watch. You watch. For those of you that are standing here in front of me, we have three kinds of people. Those that are asking the Lord to come in their heart for the first time. Those that are coming for assurance. And those that know the Lord as their Savior, but they have struggles and they want to come back to their first love. And as I prayed on Friday night, 
with those whom we had our invitation. I want you to look at me because Jesus loves you very much. And you can smile and be happy. <laughs> you can smile and be happy. You know, here's the thing. When, when we have issues in our life and we feel condemned, the reality is you are not. We're convicted. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. You know, these kinds of services, these kinds, this kind of church. I mean, God forbid we come and sing a couple of songs and we leave the same way we came. We weren't challenged. Preacher didn't get in our grill. Now, he didn't do anything to challenge us. But if the Holy Spirit is given opportunity to do his job, then he's going to bring us to a place or a crossroad in our life to say, we're either going to move closer to him or we're going to be challenged and say, I'm not ready, and we move further away. And that's the reality of it. And so this morning, I want to commend you for taking a step of faith. That's what you did. It's not easy to do that in front of other people. And so this morning, whether we're coming to ask the Lord to forgive us of things in our life, as a believer or we're coming to receive him for the first time, the prayer is the same. It's the same prayer. It's to ask him to forgive us. Our acknowledgement that he is Lord. And as we ask him to forgive us, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. To put us in right standing with him. That's what the word righteousness means. Right standing with God. Nothing we can do in our own right to be in right standing with God except receive what he did for us and thank him that it's done. That's all you can do. It's not rocket science. And we can all walk out of this room free, totally on fire for God in the perfect will of God. So let's pray. I want you to lift your hands. People say, Pastor Joe, why do I have to lift my hand? It's an attitude of surrender. It's like the old cowboy movies when they said, stick them up. Yeah, it's an attitude of surrender, amen. So I want you to pray this prayer with me. And I'm going to ask the congregation, lift your hands as well. Can you do that? And I want you to pray this prayer out loud. Would you do that? Would you pray this prayer with me out loud? Because I believe there's some here today that you didn't have the courage to come. But the Lord, He sees you. He loves you and He will meet you right there as you pray this prayer. Let's pray it together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you. In the name of Jesus, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, born of the Virgin Mary, lived a perfect life, went to the cross, gave your life on that cross. You were raised from the dead, and you sit at the Father's right hand. And you call my name right now. Lord, I know you know me. I receive what you did for me on the cross. I give you my life. And I ask you to forgive me of all of the things that I have done that are against you. Thank you, Holy Spirit for speaking to me today and bringing me to this place of surrender. I receive 
all you have for me today. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says you're forgiven. You're forgiven. Forgiven. Simple as that. Forgiven. Amen. Now, do you guys take them somewhere? Which way do we go? Would y'all do me one favor? Just for a few minutes, if you'll turn to your right and follow Pastor Zach right over here just for a moment. We have team members that just want to pray with you. They just want to agree with you in prayer for your special needs. Those that you came for, would you do that? Church, I want us to give the Lord praise this morning. Would you put your hands together for them? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Take just a moment there. You may be seated. The rest of you can have a seat. Oh, the Lord is good. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that worth Hallelujah. While they're uh, praying with them, Lord gave my wife and I a song years ago. It's a little ditty that I call it. It goes like this. Forgive her. Forgive her. Sitting here today, you are forgiven. Cleansed by His blood. Lost in His love. No, you'll never be the same. Old things passed away, never be the same again. Forgive him, forgive him. Standing here today, you are forgiven. Cleansed by His blood, lost in His love, no, you'll never be the same. Old things passed away, never be the same. Again, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Brother Don, come here a second. While they're praying with these. I want you to tell the people what happened to you last night. Can you do that? <laughs> the Holy Ghost touched me finally after all these years. All these years, I finally baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues and love Him more than I ever loved Him in my life. I love Him, love Him. I know the Holy Spirit personally. He made Himself so real. And last night I seen Jesus standing right here, standing right here in front of me. Oh, how I love him, how I adore him. I praise him and glorify his holy name. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. How's Brother Don? 90 what? 90 something. How old are you? 91, 92, 93. How old are you? 87. See, y'all trying to make him old. He said 90 something. I said, he's not that old. That's Bob. <laughs> 87. You're the same age as my mom. That's awesome. God is so good. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Anyone else? Just one other testimony from Friday or Saturday. Anyone else you want to share what the Lord did in your life? Anyone else? We had some incredible things last night. It is awesome. Anyone else? Don't want to miss anybody. The Lord is so good. Are you happy this morning? Awesome. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, baby. Hallelujah. Well, this morning I want to, can I build your faith a little bit today? You know, if tonight we're just going to come and we'll worship and sing, we don't know what all is going to happen, but I do know this. We're going to pray for families tonight, okay? We're going to pray for families, so get your family here tonight. Lay hands on everyone in the building, and uh, we're going to have a great time. But uh, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Romans chapter 5. And I'm going to build your faith here just a little bit. And then I'll come back and we will uh, we'll finish up maybe with another song or something. We'll see what the Lord does. But I want to build your faith today. I want to drop three things in your spirit this morning. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 5. I don't know why I have to find it in the Bible, but I did bring my Bible. But I've got it on my iPad here as well. My iPad has it in bigger lettering, so that's probably the better place to read from. But anyway, hallelujah. The Bible says in verse 1, Therefore, since we have been made right with God, right standing by faith, we have peace with God because of what Christ Jesus, our Lord, has done for us. I started off this morning our part by singing, Great is thy faithfulness. He's a faithful God. Amen. You know what, can I bring that other podium? I'm going to come down there. I like to be close to people. I feel like I'm high and lifted up. And those lights are right in my eyes. Hallelujah. Verse 2, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of understanding privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. Anybody ever had a problem or a trial? The rest of you are telling a big story. Because we all have struggles, amen? If you live life long enough, you're going to go through stuff. Stuff happens. Yeah, they had a bumper sticker they put on cars years ago. Stuff happens. But anyway... And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. In other words, the more you walk in the ways of God, you realize that there really is a true salvation. And salvation is not just for fire insurance to get to heaven, but salvation is to live a glorified life in Christ on the earth. Come on, somebody. 
A lot of people think that it's just for the sweet by and by. Well, if I can make it to heaven, everything will be all right. No, we're to live a, to live a victorious life here upon this earth. To be a light in a dark place. And that's what faith does. When we walk with God, our faith arises. It grows on the inside of us. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. Turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you. Now, I, I had an incredible earthly father, wonderful earthly father, who kissed me on the cheek, would hug me, because his father did not do that for him. His father loved the Lord, but he was very stoic. My grandfather, Cruz, would mow the yard in his khakis and a starched white shirt. That's stuffy. That's very dignified and, and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. So, but, but he always shook hands with my father. He never hugged my dad. But whenever my grandfather, the last time I saw my grandfather alive was when my baby sister was born. He came to see her. We got off the elevator, got, went to the cars to bring, Allison, uh, to bring uh, Cindy home and all that. And Grandpa Cruz hugged my dad and kissed him on the cheek and said, Son, come see me as soon as you can. Only time I ever remember seeing my grandfather kiss my father or hug him. But our Heavenly Father loves us. And I, I saw that love in my earthly father. A lot of people on this planet don't get to see that in their earthly father. And so they don't understand that heavenly fatherly love that we can experience with Christ and with, with our heavenly father. And so the Bible says this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So the Holy Spirit comes. The reason we recognize the person and the power of the Holy Spirit is because he comes to show us the love of Jesus and the love of the Father. And it's amazing how people want to ignore the work of the Holy Spirit. Like he's going to force something on you. Make you do something weird. No, he will not. He's a gentleman. But he will come and he will woo and he'll speak and he'll draw you to that place of intimacy with him. So our walk of faith is vital to our joy. Joy fest. Our peace, love, developing endurance, character, confidence, even hope. It's amazing to me. The reason why people get divorced is because they lose hope. The reason people commit suicide is because they lose hope. The reason people uh, declare bankruptcy is they lose hope. It's not going to change. And when you understand that Jesus is our blessed hope, that everything is in him, faith begins to arise. Something happens and quickens on the inside of us. In Hebrews chapter 11, I love that, that chapter of faith, of the halls of faith. If you look at the first just couple of verses of that, and I'm going to read these out of the, the, the New Living Translation, the Bible says there in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. In other words, don't tell me you have faith that that pew is going to hold you unless you sit down on it and, and, and see if it actually does work. 
Second row, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people sitting on that second pew. They have faith it's going to hold them all. Is that an example? Pretty good example. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of the things we cannot see. You see, that's the thing about walking with God. You can't see God. We can know him by his presence that lives on the inside of us. Some people have seen Jesus. Some people have seen angels. But others of us have to walk by faith that what we read in this book is true and we believe it with all of our heart. More, some people have more faith in their 401k and, and their, uh, all of their investments than they do believing that Christ can keep them for eternal life. But faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the Bible says, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. That is our declaration of faith. I want you to go home and read that chapter. It's incredible how those old saints believed and looked forward to the time that Christ would come. You and I look back to when he came and gave his life on the cross and was raised from the dead. Either way, by faith, we receive what he did. Amen? It's important to know who we are in Christ Jesus. I want you to know today, I know Brother Zach, Pastor Zach preaches on a lot of these things, but our praise and our worship, the things that come out of our mouth, the thing that COVID tried to do was it tried to shut the mouth of the church. Many churches never reopened, never recovered. The mask is still on. May not be a physical mask, but the mask is still on. Churches to this day stand empty because they never reopened. And the enemy tries to come to you. And it may not be a physical building, but in your house he comes to try and stop the praise that comes out of your mouth. Any declaration that has to do with God. Our nation is helping that endeavor. They're trying their best to shut the mouth of the believer. And it's time that we rise up and get bold. I don't know about other states, but we've got a wonderful governor. And he, there, there is a thing on the table now that they're trying to put the, the Ten Commandments back in every classroom in the state of Texas. They took it out. Prayer was taken out of school, not in Ohio, but it was a little lady in Texas back in 1963, Madeline Murray O'Hare. Roe versus Wade, those things were fought in Texas, by the way. You see, there's always the war to stop the mouth of praise, the declaration that Jesus is Lord. And what I want to get to this morning is it's important what comes out of your mouth. You need to know who you are in Christ Jesus. 
Because the devil's not going to shut up. He's not going to back up. And he's getting bolder every day. Last Sunday morning, I was uh, getting ready for church, and we watched the news, and right after the weather, the last thing the weather goes off, and then, uh, what is that, the something, the nation, whatever that is, uh, face the nation comes on. And in between the weather, the lady going, this is the weather today, and face the nation was Ronald Reagan's son, a devout atheist, came on with a one-minute advertisement. And his group is uh, freedomfromreligion.org or .com, whichever one it is. And the last words he says when he finishes his ad on pushing atheism in America is this. Yes, and my name is Ron Reagan, and I am not afraid to burn in hell. You, you, I showed it to you. Very blatant. So if the world is not afraid of what's coming out of their mouth, how important do you think it is for the church to stand up and to declare that Jesus is Lord? It's important. It's important. It's important. Just a few thoughts. Just a few thoughts on what happens. What happens when we activate this Word of faith, this declaration of who Jesus is. The Bible says the trials are going to come. I just read them. I know for me, hope rises in me when I rehearse what God says. I cannot sing the songs that I sing without rehearsing them. I have to know the words. Sometimes I get them back, backwards and forwards. Sometimes I get them wrong. Sometimes I make them up. And I go to tongues. <laughs> there are words that the Lord has given my wife and I through the years that we have stood upon, like the one I shared with you earlier, that you know me as Jehovah Jireh, but I want you to know me as El Shaddai. The God of more than not. We rehearse these on a, on a daily basis. Speaking what the Lord says. The prophetic words from men and women of God confirming what God has dropped in our hearts. You the same way when the prophetic word comes. It's not a heavy revy. It's not a new thing. It's usually something that God has already been stirring in your heart. And it's confirming word. Amen? At least that's what it should be. It was important. Matter of fact, what Jesus says and what he said upon the earth when he lived here. Uh, the King James puts it in red. So that you know beyond the shadow of a doubt, that's what Jesus said. Amen? And so let's, let's look here in Mark chapter 11. Give you a couple of verses of scripture. And I promise you I won't keep you a long time because we want you to come back at 6 tonight and be here with us. And bring your family members so we can have a big blowout as we finish the weekend together. But Mark chapter 11, let's look at verse 13. And you know the story about Jesus as he walked along and saw the fig tree. And he cursed it. Remember that story? Let's read that together. And Jesus noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. So there wasn't anything wrong with the tree. Okay? It wasn't the tree in the middle of summer whenever all the other fig trees had, had fruit on it and this one didn't. 
It was early, so none of them had figs. Crazy. Then Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat of your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. When they arrived back in Jerusalem and they entered into the temple, so he does this little thing and they keep moving. They go on to Jerusalem, to the temple. And he goes straight to the temple, and when he gets there, the Bible says he began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves, and he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. And he said to them, the scripture declares, my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. In other words, they were stealing from the people because you had to use a certain kind of coin to give an offering at the temple. And if you didn't have one of those, then you would, whatever, buy an animal, exchange for those, those, those coins so that you could do what you wanted to. And, and these men were using it as a place to make money and take advantage of the people. When the leading priests and teachers of religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning how to kill him. The Christian mafia. He was upsetting their apple cart, literally. But they were afraid to do anything because the people were so amazed at his teaching. Now time passes the next morning as they pass by the fig tree again. So evidently they headed back out of the city to rest for the night. Now they come back by the fig tree the next day. The tree that he had cursed and the disciples noticed that it had withered from the roots up. And Peter remembered what the Lord had said to the tree on the previ previous day. And he exclaimed, look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. And then Jesus says to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. Turn to your neighbor and say, it will happen. But you must really believe that it will happen. And have no doubt in your heart. Second, I tell you, you can pray for anything. If you believe that you receive it, it will be yours. Turn to your neighbor and say, it will be yours. But when you're praying, first forgive the conditions. First forgive anyone you hold a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sin as well. And again, they entered into Jerusalem, and Jesus walked through the temple area, the same place he had been the day before. And the leading priests, the teachers of religious law and elders came up to him, and they demanded. Now, can you imagine how arrogant to demand from the Son of God? By what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right to do them? The third I tell you. You ready? I'll tell you by what authority I do these things if you answer one question. And Jesus replied, did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or was it merely a human act? Answer me. And they talked amongst themselves, got in a huddle. 
If we say it was from heaven, he's going to ask us why we didn't believe John. But do we dare say it was merely human? For they were afraid of what the people would do because everyone believed that John was a prophet. So they turn around, these mighty men of, of uh, intelligence, wisdom, knowledge, with a big phylactery on the front of their head about that big around, showing how much of the Torah they knew, made a brilliant deduction. We don't know. <laughs> then Jesus, like a little child, says, I'm not going to tell you then. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been fun to have been a part of that dialogue? That little situation, we don't know. We think that's the great answer. Well, then I'm not going to tell you. I don't have to answer your question. In the example of the fig tree here and what took place there at the temple, a lot of things we could say, a lot of people think that it, you know, looks, it, it relates to the life of the believer and all of that, that if there's no fruit and all this kind of stuff, no leaves, no fruit, no authority. But I want you to look what the Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. What the Lord says about you and I. The upright, the honorable, the intrins intrinsically good. It's a hard word to say. Intrinsically good. I still can't say it right. The, the good man out of the good treasure that's stored in his heart produces what is upright. And the honorable person, he does the right thing. The evil man out of the evil storehouse brings forth that which is depraved, wicked, intrinsically evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And Jesus knew that if he pricked those men just enough, what was really in their heart would come out. And the thing about trials and tribulations and struggles and things that we go through, they're all learning experiences. And God uses those to find what's in our heart. They're not there to take you out. Now, if you let them, they can but if you know the Lord and you walk in his ways, then those things that God allows into our life, they're not going to take you out, but they're going to make you stronger. And if you speak what the word has to say in the middle of those things, you're going to see some of the greatest victories you have ever encountered in your entire life. Our heart is the storehouse. Put your hand on your heart. It's the storehouse. What are you storing? What are you holding on to? Because there's some things that the Lord would have you let go of. But there are some things that you need to hold on to because they are life itself. Without them, you have no life. They're critical to living the victorious life. There in Mark chapter 11, the Bible says that Jesus said, I tell you, I tell you, and then the last time he said, I'm not going to tell you. 
In that passage of Scripture, he reminded them of what the Scripture had to say. First, that his house was a house of prayer. Don't make it a den of thieves. In other words, they had lost the purpose of the honor of the house of God. You see, you can have great programs. You can have a great model. You can have all the details, have all of the, uh, of the people in their place and do everything. And it run without the presence of God because it's, 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 it's systematic. And we need that. But in the midst of that, don't forget the glory. Always make room for the presence. We're probably going to talk about that tonight. Making room for the presence. In your house, you better make room for the presence. When we were coming this morning to church, there was a group of people in the hotel, probably 50 or 60, headed to a golf tournament. Another 50 or 60 headed to a softball tournament. Their life is filled with everything but honoring God on the Lord's day. And they wonder why their house is in a mess. And I've seen so many people over the years. They come, they give their life to Christ. God starts moving, starts blessing their business. Everything starts moving. And then they go from the front row praising God, shouting there every Sunday. And then God blesses them. They buy a new boat. And then you see them three Sundays, and then, but they're gone one Sunday every month on a boat. And then God blesses them with a second home. So now they're out one Sunday uh, with a boat and then one Sunday at the new house. And then they go from the front row to the third row to the fifth row to the back row to out the door. And then we get a call. Pastor Joe, my marriage is falling apart. My kids are on drugs. And I'll go, duh. There was a time when you were hungry and your kids saw you with your hands raised and you on your knees praying and, 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 and sowing huge and believing God for a business turnaround and now you're blessed and the honor's gone. The Lord reminded them, my house is a house of prayer. What are you praying for? Get specific. Ask a gentleman last night. Believe in God for a job. I ask people all the time, what do you believe in God? What do you want to do? You don't have a job, need a job, what do you want to do? I don't know. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and it will be opened unto you. Seek and you shall find. Get specific. God honors specific prayers. He'll give you the desires of your heart. What are you speaking? Because faith speaks. Faith has a voice. Praise has a voice. I have a big voice. I don't have to have a microphone to fill this room because I have developed things to be able to do what God's called me to do. But a lot of people are very quiet. 
The Cincinnati Reds, the Cleveland Browns, people paint their face orange and brown. Spend hundreds of thousands of dollars for a box to watch a team win or lose. I spoke faith. But you get the point. We speak what we're believing God for. That's what comes out of our mouth. The second thing was that without doubt and unbelief, you must activate your faith. Get specific. Number three, you can pray for anything, but you must believe that God will do what you're asking him to do. The prophetic word that comes to you, put it on a shelf, put it on a piece of paper, speak it, say it, look at it and say, Lord, I believe that. Every day. Jesus would not tell those men of authority by what authority he performed his miracles because the religious leaders were asking the questions. They were already offended. They weren't going to receive anything he had to say in the first place. Their ears were already closed. And many times, we, it's like my kids. When they were growing up, I would tell them certain things. I would ask them to do certain things, even as they were our staff, as pastors and everything. But because I was daddy, they knew I wasn't going to fire them. But thank God, they all three went to work for other ministries. And I was in my son's home. Just about a year and a half ago, we were sitting there with his back up there in his kitchen. He goes, Dad, I need to apologize. I said, Son, what, what for? He said, Dad, he said, I put you through hell. <laughs> now that he works for someone else, he realizes <laughs> that Daddy could have fired him, but he wouldn't. And that other pastor was able then to speak into his life and teach him things that I tried to. But his ears were already closed. Many times the Lord is trying to speak to us. But like, the, but, but like these leaders, religious leaders, they already thought they knew it all. And because of that, the Son of God could speak nothing, couldn't say anything. They were already offended. They were not in a position to receive. The worst place for a believer is to be in a position you cannot receive. I don't care how long you've been in the faith. I don't care how long you've been in revival. My wife and I, every morning, Lord, today's a new day. I know there's something you want to teach us. I know there's something you want to drop in our spirit. Lord, let us be open today to receive all that you have for us. Three things, you ready? Concerning the mountain. The Lord said, by faith, you can speak to it and tell it to move. You ready? First thing, quit talking about your mountain. Some of you have been talking about that same mountain for 50 years. Well, if my mom and daddy had done this, we wouldn't be where we are. Well, if, I'd have, if I hadn't married him, I wouldn't be where I am. If I hadn't married her, if I'd, if I'd have gone to this college instead of that one. <laughs> Quit talking about your mountain. Just stop it. 
Just quit talking about the mountain, how big it is, how long it's been there. Can it really move? There are a lot of people sitting there talking about their mountain. You know what? I told this with Pastor them a while ago. We had a, a, a gentleman get healed in one of our meetings in Jacksonville, uh, Florida. He was a, a, a naval uh, uh, military guy, worked uh, for the naval. Uh, he, he repaired, he maintained submarines. And he fell down the manhole of a submarine and broke his back. And went on disability for I don't know how many years. He comes, he's retired, comes in the meeting, walks down the aisle because he's got back trouble and everything. And, he, and God touches him and all the pain leaves and instantly he is totally whole. He can bend over, he can do all this. And this is what he did, he went, uh-oh. He said, uh-oh. I said, what do you mean, uh-oh? God just healed you. He said, uh-uh, I'm on disability. He said, I don't know what I'm going to do. He said, I got, I'm going to have to go get a job. <laughs> True story. I went, what do you mean? He said, I got a problem. <laughs> he, he said, I got a problem. He said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to go tell them I just got healed. He said, they're going to take me off. I'm going to have to go get a job. True story. Talking about your mountain. Number two, you ready? Speak to that mountain. By faith, speak to it. Speak to the mountain. Remember, you do as Jesus did. You can say and you can pray. Thank God for Pastor Zach and Heather and the team here. They can pray for you. But guess what? Your words, your faith activate your life. You're a grown adult. You got big boy and big girl britches on. It's time that we step up and walk as people of authority. Yes, I walked with my daddy's faith and my mama's faith. I lived in their house, rode their bus, ate their food, all of those things. And then I got married. And my dad, who had paid for my insurance on my car, he came to me and said, guess what? You're on your own. He said, you're going to pay your own insurance. You're going to buy your own food. You're going to get your own place. <laughs> Quit talking about the mountain. Speak to it. Speak to the mountain. Every mountain has a name. And get specific. Yours may be sickness and disease. Yours may be a spirit of lack. I have no idea. Maybe a, a spirit of, of timidity. I don't know. But whatever that mountain is, speak to it and tell it to move. Put on your big boy britches and speak to it. Y'all must like each other. But he better walk with God and lead you, not you lead him. I'm going to grin real big. Number three, you ready? Tell the preacher to be nice. Number three, you ready? Take authority over the mountains. Speak the desired result. 
What do you believe in God for? For your family to be restored? For that sickness and disease to leave? When you got born again, your DNA changed. Well, my parents had this, and my mama had that. My mama had this, and, 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 and my wife's family, her mother, struggled with pain, arthritis, high blood pressure, sugar diabetes, even a couple of her brothers. But we made a stand when we got married. We knelt down beside our bed. And we said, Lord, whatever you bring into this union on our wedding night before we ever climbed in the bed to have any fun together or consummate our marriage or anything like that, we got on our knees and we said, Lord, whatever you bring into this union, Lord, we give it to you. Lord, we're going to honor you. And you're going to be praised through everything we do. So, Lord, tonight is the beginning. And we thank you. All of the things that our families have carried, we break them off tonight. It's a new day. And Lord, we trust you. You're going to care for us. You're going to lead us and guide us. And Lord, every child you give us, we give them to you ahead of time. That they will serve you all the days of their life. We give you glory in Jesus' name. That's how we started. You don't talk about the mountain. Speak to it. And speak the desired result. I don't care what side of the street you came from. I don't care what color of your beautiful skin. If we cut our finger, we all bleed red. Whether your eyes are slanted up, down, almond, blue, brown, hazel. We're all created in the image of God. And in His kingdom, we all have the same opportunity. I've got treasure in my heavenly bank account. The enemy can't touch. Debt, lack, offense. Some people have been talking all these years about how, how somebody hurt them. Someone said something, you've been carrying it on your back like a big boulder. God wants that thing to fall off. You to be free. Property. We're believing God for property. How many in this place are believing God for your own home? Quit talking about it. Speak to it. Go pick one out. Lord, I want that color. I want that size. That big a lot. I'm serious. We were in Missouri here about a year ago. African-American man came up and said, we've been believing God for a piece of property. I said, go walk on it. Speak over it. And tell the Lord, this is our property. And then go tell the owner, we're going to buy this property. God's given it to us. Guess what? We went back. It's theirs. They own it. Huh? Yeah, we actually sowed into it. We gave an offering. Your business. 
Who in this place has been believing God for a business? You've got a creative idea, been afraid to step out. Where do you think that idea came from? The devil? He ain't never had a creative idea. He can't create anything. He's a stealer. Kill, steal, destroy. He can't, he, he don't get nothing honestly. But God gave you that idea. It's time to step out and say, ain't talking about it no more. I speak to that idea. God, in my prayer, God will give you the outline to it. Let me give you another testimony. I'm in, I'm in the Philippines. We're in Cebu, one of the islands. And a man who for his lifetime had been a, a ship captain. End of his life, now he's training other captains to be ship captains for all these big container ships. He comes in the altar, doesn't even tell me why he's there. Laid hands on him, fell under the power of the Holy Ghost. Went back to the back, sitting with the pastor, hanging out. And the minute he walks in, he's got this glazed look on his face. He said, Pastor Joe, you ain't going to believe what I just saw. I said, what? He said, God gave me a creative idea. He said, the Fiji has come to me, and they're wanting now to export all these huge koa trees. Philippines, all of theirs are gone. They've been harvested. Now they're replanting, but it takes 100 years or so for them to come up. But the koa trees in the Fijian islands are massive. And he said, our government now wants to harvest these trees because it's going to make them a lot of money because the koa trees are almost, they're gone. He said, they asked me to do this. He said, I didn't know how to do it. But he said, while I was on the floor, God gave me the outline of how it's going to happen. We were back, this is before COVID and all that, we were back in Manila, and he's sitting in the back of an 8,000-member church. And as I'm walking out to go to the pastor's study, I saw him sitting there, I went, what's his name? Brother Oscar, what are you doing here? He said, I just want to tell you, we're shipping koa trees. He said, and not only that, guess what? He said, the, the Philippine government has come to me, and he said, they're wanting to expand there in Davao City and Cebu, the uh, shipping channels. You see, half of Manila City there is reclaimed. They began to pull in dirt and stuff and move out into the bay because they needed more land. And he said, they've asked me to do the same thing in Cebu, Cebu City, there on the coast in the shipping lanes. And he said, while I was on the floor the other night, the Lord gave me the outline of how it's going to happen. You see, you don't understand. You can talk about those mountains till Jesus comes. All your problems, all your trials, all your struggles. Or you can start talking to it and speaking to it and speaking God's result. This is for somebody this morning. You talk about joy. You talk about joy when God starts moving your mountains. And your dreams start being fulfilled. The joy of the Lord. Oh my goodness. So for somebody here this morning. I want to stand our feet. I could give you more scripture. I could tell you other stories. But I believe I've said enough this morning. You need to activate your faith. You need to speak what God speaks. For me. 
I sing it all the time. I'm always worshiping. Whether I'm in a plane, whether I'm at the airport, whether I'm playing golf, whatever I'm doing, there's always a song in my heart. Why? Because it activates my faith. It's my trigger. Every one of you need a trigger, something that whenever the trial comes, stuff starts happening, faith begins to roll out of your mouth. So this morning, this is how I want to close. I'm not going to lay hands on everyone. We've already given an invitation for people to come and give their heart to Christ. But you hear this morning and you'd say, Brother Joe, I've spent a lifetime talking about the mountain. But this morning, I'm taking a step of faith. And I'm going to begin to speak to my mountain. And I'm going to speak God's result. If that's you this morning, I want you just to step out from where you're standing. Come and meet me here at the front of the auditorium. And we're going to pray a corporate prayer together. We're going to activate our faith.